Hey all, hope you're, hope you had a good week stroke weekend. Um, I actually had a really nice weekend. Um, Friday I went to watch, um, anyone that follows local rugby. Um, I went to watch Estonians play Portadown, which was a good game. And I had actually played against Portadown myself, so it was quite fun to think that, um, wasn't that long ago I was on the, on the pitch playing a little bit um didn't miss it looked cold and wet and sore um but i i that was friday um and i i'll tell you a good one i went out on friday with i guess you know i told you guys every night before i go to bed um i've been like sort of jotting down ideas of what i'd like to achieve the next day um, and one of the things I wanted to achieve on Friday was only two pints at the rugby um, now I'm going to try to justify it here and you'll laugh and either think he's talking a load of nonsense or you'll just think good justification um, but I think I would guess I had at least six pints at the rugby um and then i'm pretty sure i had another guinness when i was in town and then to sum my night up it got to the point where i i knew i had had too many and i i I had accepted that around about pint number seven of guinness um and i was i was five over my limit and so i broke every rule there was for that night um so to sum it up i had a alcohol-free beer in one hand and two Jaeger bombs in the other. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, no, um, the, the justification isn't really a justification, but, um, I, I do think having that, that side of me, like that, that part of me that just, um, you know, just really enjoys home, really enjoys socializing, really enjoys the rugby, really enjoys partying. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not always a common trait with all runners, like because you know I, I think running can be seen as quite introverted and things like this, and um, obviously not everybody is like that. And um, I, I I I I was justifying it as I just love life and I love I love going up the mountain and putting in a lot of hard work, so that when I stand on the start line of a marathon, I know. I know I've earned the fitness. I know I've earned the preparation. I've owned it. You know, I've really taken care of business. Um, but I also like that there's periods in my life that, you know, I, I get to enjoy the other side. Um, now, the balance would be not hanging around that other side for too long because, of course, you know, I don't know that there's anybody planning to come you know, top five, top ten at the likes of the Boston Marathon um, with that kind of behavior, um, dare I say, you know, once a week. or um, And that's and that's my struggle at home. Um, I, I, I love, you know, Monday to Friday or Sunday to Friday. There's a there's a lot of focus. I'm hydrating really well. I'm eating really well. I'm sleeping early. Um, but I do get to those weekends and I do enjoy my Friday night usually a Friday 
Um, Saturday for me isn't a isn't a hard training day. It's it's the easiest day of my week. I actually rested this Saturday, um, and that was important because I think my miles for week one of training were just getting a bit carried away, like I had talked about. Um, if I'd have ran Saturday, you know, it, it would have been easily over ninety miles this week, and um, that's really not what I would sort of recommend or or even for myself think is kind of logical that first week. Um, you know, it's week one. It's okay to sit around the. Um, I think I ended up running 82, maybe something like that. And, and, you know, it's not like, it's not like that's none either. That's still quite a lot. Um, but yeah, my, my justification there is that I think one of the things that I guess I believe makes me pretty good at what I do is I, I talk about this, you know, animal and the me, the me, I believe I'm an animal in like, different walks of life um you know i'm uh i sent a voice note messing around to my mate and i said an animal operates in whatever situation they're dropped into so if you're at work you're an animal in the workplace you get stuff done you do things well um you know you impress the right people you do the things you got to do if you're an animal on a night out, <laughs> you operate, you know, you're you're not there for one beer and then going the non-alcoholics. And um, now I have to say there's there's different days that being an animal can be quite useful for running, i.e. training, racing. There's obviously going to be times where being an animal is not useful for training, which would be the social setting and um like I just talked about, I'm not going to bore you with it again. Um, too many beers, too many times is definitely not going to lead to good race results. And Okay, take that back. It could lead to good race results, but we're not trying to achieve good race results. We're trying to achieve epic, legend, amazing, brilliant, all those really cool words. Um, if, you're, if, if your result is going down as any of those words, it probably hasn't involved too many hard nights out in the two to three months leading into that race. Um, I would be very sure of that. Um, now, in previous days, um, I, I have read about this before, but I know that um, Bedford, um, guys like this, really good British guys, would have um, partied, partied quite a bit. Um, you know, not sorry, not necessarily partied quite a lot, but drunk quite a lot of beer. But they also ran, you know, double ten mile days, ten miles in the morning, ten miles at night. So beer, beer for me does two things. It it makes me put on weight. Um, I carry the calories for whatever reason. You know, food calories don't seem to have the same impact. Maybe I just don't eat as many calories as I can drink in one sitting. Um, but gain weight and then it's the psychological repercussions not of gaining weight it's the psycho it's the psychological repercussions of like a night on the drink everybody knows that feeling feeling sorry for yourself feeling pretty shitty um, it's very difficult no matter how strong psychologically you become to get over that like hangover um not wanting to do anything with your day, super lazy type attitude. 
Um, and I was really trying on Saturday. I was like, come on, snap out of this and, you know, get back on with it. Like, um, it's so difficult. Very, very powerful, those oil hangovers. Um, so yeah, if you can imagine, if you can imagine that for, you know, five weeks, there's a, if you go to Spotify and you type in David Goggins, the interview, it's about 21 minutes long. And what Goggins talks about, what one, one part in particular on this little sort of like motivational chat or whatever, or, or interview, I think it is an interview. It's a couple of different, multiple interviews, but he talks about a boxer, you know, taking himself off to the mountains and, um, instead of like living in luxury, which he could probably afford, he lives in like, like the slums, you know, he slums it. Um, and it's not, it's not that he can't afford the luxury. He can. We all know boxers can afford probably whatever they want when they start making good money and they're world champions, etc., etc. But the idea is to get your mind, your mind, obviously your body will follow. But the idea is to get your mind in a good place. So, um, sorry, I'm, I'm throwing water into the dishes. Um, I'm cleaning up the apartment today and I'll, I'll move on to that in a second. Um, but basically, if you can get your mind in a good place, um, you know, the body will follow. So I have a funny feeling if I, let's say for the next, 10 weeks, um, I, I stayed in Belfast, I didn't go to altitude at all, um, and I raced New York Half Marathon, and I raced Boston Marathon, I actually believe most of the, most of the damage, I'm going to say, would be psychological. I wouldn't believe that I'm as fit as I would be if I do a camp at altitude. Um, and part of that is, part of that is how the training comes together. Um, you know, you put yourself up in a camp at 7,000 feet and all you're focused on every day from the minute that you wake up in the morning, you're only focused that day. Not the only, it's basically the only thing you're focused on that day is getting fitter or getting more recovered for, you know, potentially what you're going to do the next day. Um, whereas when I'm at home, you know, I get phone calls about socializing on Saturday, you know, do you want to come do this with us? Do you want to do this? Do you want to come up to your parents' house? There's a lot more going on, which I believe just acts as a, just as a little distraction. Um, now, on the, on the concept of there's a time and a place, you know, when you've just ran a big marathon, I, I think one of the reasons, and I, I swear to God, I really mean this, and I'm not just saying it because um, I had seven fucking pints on Friday. I think one of the reasons I've been able to keep progressing is because I'm so fortunate to have a place like Belfast where I can come and switch off. You know, if I stayed at altitude, if I had stayed up in Flagstaff after Houston, I don't know that I would have been as hungry. I almost feel like I come back to Belfast. Like, I'm not going to say fuck everything up. But I start getting into a routine that could potentially make my next marathon not a good one. You know, if I was drinking seven pints every Friday, staying out until 12, 1 o'clock, um, waking up Saturday, too hungover to train. Like, imagine I did that every week. So I feel like I get in this. But I also love it. I also have a really fun time, which is really powerful. Um, but if I stayed in that sort of scenario, 
you don't see that the you know if you're doing the post race interview at Boston and you're like oh my god I just came fifth that was amazing I'm so proud of myself that was epic I have no idea how I'd done it I was home in Belfast I was partying every weekend wow it, it just is amazing I, I had no idea I don't see it you know I don't see that that would be the post race interview compared with you know I took myself away from my family my home my friends where I have fun and I worked my ass off at seven thousand feet for 10 weeks and here I am epic very very hard really difficult to leave family really difficult to leave friends but that was worth it that was absolutely amazing you know that probably sounds like um what the interview would be and whether it does or it doesn't it's important that I understand that I believe that's what needs to be done to achieve that result um and it's funny, I've said this a few times, um, I've, I've watched, you know, the, my competitors in Ireland, um, I've watched my competition, I, I've, I've seen what they're up to, I've tracked what they're doing, training, living, you know, um, and, and when I don't see people going to Kenya or people going to Ethiopia or people going to Flagstaff or people going to Colorado, I almost just, I just don't see that like, the next big breakthrough is going to come without something like that happening, something like that existing. So, you know, the rules apply to me too. And so, you know, if I, over the next lot of weeks, if I were to sink back in to this comfortable life where I do get to see my friends more and I do get to go to the rugby club and have beers and socialize, I would expect the results to comfortably, throw that word out there, to get worse and and god knows how much worse um but i would never let that happen because that's where i'm like driven and and goal orientated and and you know i just wake up and i and i go out and i have the fun and then i go okay i think that was enough fun i think i'm ready i think i'm hungry again i think it's time to go and put in some work at fucking altitude and build the fitness that it's going to take um, to, to get a really good result at the likes of New York half, at the likes of Boston Marathon, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not, you know, it sounds silly. It sounds corny, cheesy, but it's not going to be easy. Um, I'm now trying to race arguably, arguably some of the best athletes in the world. If you've seen the start list for Boston, it's no fucking joke. Um, and you're going to have me on this podcast talking about top five, top ten. You know, God, that start, that start list is fucking crazy. Um, so it's going to take pretty much. Oh, he fucking just dropped a euro in the toaster. That's not good. I don't know that that should be in there. How the fuck did I get that out? Oh, what a nightmare. Um, I need to get it out now, too, because I'll forget, and then I'll fucking end up toasting this euro and blowing up the toaster. Um, yeah, look, that's going to not be... Well, it's going to be no easy feat getting this euro out of the toaster, because there's going to be shite going everywhere, stupid crumbs. Um, but, yeah, I don't envy... There we go. Easy. You know what I mean? I don't envy the challenge ahead of me. Is that the word? Doesn't matter. Um, it's not... It's not going to be easy, basically. You know, you, you can't, you cannot say your goal is to come top five in a race that has probably 15 guys or 10 guys, maybe, who have probably broke like 
208, you know. Um, that means you have to beat five of those fuckers. But it's not like that. As we know, marathon is a, if it was a 10K, it's very, it's very difficult in a 10K to beat people that are a minute faster than you or, you know, they're just a level above you. So they can pretty much, they can pretty much be dying over the last lot of laps and, you know, you'll still get nowhere near them. There's just not, a, there's just not a long enough race. Whereas in the marathon, there's people can be five minutes better than you, four minutes better than you. And, you know, if they get their race wrong and they don't execute well, you will eat those fuckers up. That's just the way it goes. That's, that's what I thrive off. And, and it, I thrive off the fact that for ages, I don't even see them. You know, they're gone, like literally gone. And then all of a sudden, I just come around a wee corner and I go, yep, there's one. Happy days. Now I'll just look for another one. And you just pick them off. It's class. It's so, so fun. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Absolutely fantastic time at home um, for various different reasons. Um, I'm going to go back to America next Sunday. Um, one reason is there's a event at Under Armour. We're going to, there's a, they're having a bit of a, I guess like a convention, you might call it, or a, a get together where athletes, all our, all our athletes, a couple of different sports, not just running, are going to come together. And, um, Portland is our, where our, like, human health and performance team, you know, our physiologists, our doctors, and, and I don't think there's any doctors actually, but physiologists, you know, like sports performance, recovery, sleep, nutrition, um, Portland is the base for all of that. It's also the base for, um, where the shoe team comes together and does testing and, you know, they've tested me down there and things like this and, and different shoes and, and trying to work on our marathon shoe at the minute. Under Armour doesn't have, uh, I guess a marathon shoe and, um, that's something moving into 2020 that, you know, hopefully gets sorted and, and, and so, that's next week. Um, I, I fly Sunday, but I'm actually going to fly Saturday to London. Um, if, if you're flying to America from Belfast, most times you'll go Belfast, London, London to USA. So I go Belfast, London, London, Dallas, Dallas, Portland. Um, I thought I didn't, you know, I've, I've thought this a few times, but if you, if you get on the flight in Belfast City Airport at 7.30 in the morning, it's very difficult to, get a run done before and then it's such a long day it kind of doesn't it doesn't seem logical to get to portland at like you know eight o'clock at night having just traveled for 20 hours from belfast and you know go for a run it just seems a bit mad um so what i've done is i've booked the first leg of the journey belfast to london for the saturday and then i'll book myself a hotel on the friday night and then or sorry the saturday night and then I'll wake up on the Sunday morning and I'll do probably like 10 to 12 miles, you know, maybe even just on the treadmill um, so I don't get lost or so I don't get hurt or anything like this before a long haul travel. Um, and then I'll jump off the treadmill, I'll go shower and then I'll make my way over to Heathrow Airport. Um, and it just means I found a couple of times now that I just travel a bit easier easier on the mind, things like that, when I've got that run done, um, and you know what, that might seem excessive, um, 
Other people might just fly and rest that day. Other people might fly and done a run at four o'clock in the morning. Other people might fly and do a run when they get to Portland at eight o'clock that night. Um, not me. Um, and so that just is what it is. I've thought about it a few times and, um, I guess now that I have the, um, now that I have the luxury of being able to, and I'm not trying to show off here, but I do have budgets for things like this. Um, you know, it seems worth it. It seems worth it to do something like that. Um, and it should just make, it also will mean instead of leaving Belfast at seven o'clock and getting Portland, getting to Portland, sorry, at eight o'clock, I leave London at noon. So, you know, that's a much shorter day to be traveling and I got to run in, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's the plan. Um, obviously I told you guys, you know, I'm going over to do an event with Under Armour, but I also just explained to you that I believe if I stay, I think if I stay in Belfast, I'm going to start seeing Belfast as a negative place for me to be rather than, um, a positive place. And right now it is, it is such a, it plays such an important and positive role in my career that I can come home and I can see family, you know, I can run with my friends at home and, um, I'm always, usually I'm in a period. I, I've also came home, you know, when I'm in a really intense training period and like, you know, I came home, what was it, four weeks before Houston, five weeks before Houston. But, um, you know, this time I've sort of lingered a bit longer um, and I've allowed myself to socialize a lot more. Because if I'm being honest, I felt like it was a really important time to do that. Um, you know, you've just qualified for the Olympics. You've just hit an Olympic qualifying standard. Um, it's also a long time away from the Olympics. So, you know, this next training block isn't wasn't necessarily supposed to be. Um, I've just done three marathons in 15 weeks or something like that. Um, so it wasn't necessarily supposed to be the most intense training period. And so if I could prolong that sort of recovery stroke, recovery works in two ways. Um, there, it might work in more than two ways, but I'm going to explain two ways. Um, you know, you can, you, you can help your body recover physically. And that means when I'm out there running, if I feel something that either has been created when I've started back training post-marathon, um, I, if I start back training too quickly, I might hurt something like hamstring, a doctor, whatever. Um, it may mean that actually you hurt it in the marathon and it's just taken a couple of weeks and, and a bit more running to actually find it, to feel it. Um, or it could be that you've just heard it jumping back into training too quickly. Um, but I also believe you have to recover, you know, your brain. Um, and, and, you know, it in the marathon buildup and on marathon race day, the brain takes a fucking hell of a beating. Um, you know, all that focus, that sort of like that focus in the buildup and then also that focus on race day. It's, it's a huge mental exertion. Like for you to maintain such a high effort for like between two and four or five hours, whatever we're out there in the marathon for your own specific marathon time. That's a long time to mentally focus, mentally concentrate and stay, you know, dialed in. It's a really long time. Um, so you have to allow time for that to recover too. 
Um, but I'll stress it again. You know, you, you can't allow too long to go by or you basically just lose fitness. Um, now, I'm looking at the last week of my life and I probably won't count the last week in my life to, to play a role in Boston. Um, even though it was 80 miles, even though I did the six times 2K on Tuesday, six times 2K with the 800 meter float, you know, I was still on the treadmill. What is that? 2,800, um, six, 12, six times eight, 48. What's that? 16.8K. Um, that's still quite a lot. Um, I'm probably going to get a message from somebody that tells me I've done the maths wrong there, but I don't think so. I think I got that right. 16.8K. Um, that's over 10 miles. That should count. That was Tuesday. And then Friday was two mile of fartlek, 66 day, where I probably still ran like five tens because it's 440 pace, 540 pace, um, 520 pace. I think it roughly works out as, um, and then a mile easy, six mile at marathon effort, mile easy, one mile hard. Again, not a super easy day and a day that you should count, but I'm not going to count it. This week for me could have been the first week of the build up to Boston, but I had five pints too many on Friday night. And so actually five that I can remember. So actually it could have been six or seven. Um, so this week doesn't count. Next week is 10 weeks to go to Boston. And why I talk about you cannot linger in recovery for too long. Um, once you start getting to nine weeks to go, eight weeks to go, the fucking weeks need to count. If they're not counting, it's very difficult to have a really good day on race day. Because remember that I could have a bad week between now and Boston anyway. And it won't be self-inflicted. You know, it, it well, hopefully it won't be, but it won't be it won't be drinking, it won't be partying, but it could be that I, I, I get sick. It could be that I pick up a little bit of a niggle. So the weeks that can count, you need to make them count, I suppose, is is the kind of phrase that um that might work for this situation. Um so yeah, no, look, it's uh I, I don't know, I, I've I've said this a thousand times, but it's a really fun time. Um I'm I'm excited to make the next week here in Belfast count. Um, you know, back to best behavior. Um, no more Guinness. I've decided that between now and Boston, no more alcohol whatsoever. Um, I think that's the best way. I've also learned I la- I lack self discipline when it comes to Guinness and a rugby club. <laughs> but for all the awesome reasons, you know, I'm not going to be mad at myself that I enjoy having a good time with my friends. That would be fucking crazy. The only reason I'm a fucking beast with four miles to go is because I am that animal. You know, that that's me. That's when I come to life. Um, and so I, I need I can't like punish that. I can't be mad at that. But I can also move that person to 7,000 feet where it doesn't exist. <laughs> and, and that seems the safest thing to do. <laughs> um, take myself offside and, and abandon ship and, and, yeah, move to a place where um, I know I won't get as distracted. Um, and I'll be able to, my own distraction, nobody else, um, I'll be able to focus and put in the hard yards um, and, and do do the training that needs to get done to expect a good result at Boston. There's no, there is no point me going to Boston unless I believe I can run my best marathon ever. Absolutely no point. Um, and so, of course, I'm not going to do that. I want to go to Boston. I want to make sure that I run a PB. Hopefully weather allows that. And 
I want to make sure that I put in a really good result that makes the selector say he's fucking going. Um, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you listening. Hope you had a fantastic week training. Let's smash next week. Good job.